This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Give it up for my friend Laurel Bunker, and I want you to preach with her. I want you to support her, preach with her, get into the Word of God with her. By faith, someone say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, everybody, say, I'm ready, I'm ready. To, hear to hear the Word of the Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Come on, everybody. Look at you. are already ready to sit down. The Word of God says, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Come on. All right, you can sit down now. I know you're shocked. I know some of you thought there's black people in Minnesota. There absolutely are. There are. You didn't know, but we exist. Word of God says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Absolutely. Can anything good come out of Minnesota? Absolutely. If y'all shop at Target, you ought to be. Because that's Minnesota, right? 3M is Minnesota. Best Buy is Minnesota. Y'all be grateful for us up there in the Northland. Anyway, to God be the glory for the things that he has done. I am so grateful to the man of God of this house, Pastor Tommy Brandon. How many know there are persuasive speakers and there's pastors? And you all are sitting under a mighty man of God who hears from the Lord, who's filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And I'm so grateful for his friendship. He is truly my brother. I'm going to tell you what, y'all can see me more than once because we are like joined. We, we have a good old time. And to the queen of this house, the first lady, uh, we just honor you and thank God. Thank God for the worship that went forth. I'm like, listen, if we're going to sing that isn't, you know, the name of Jesus all we need, I was about to lay down prostrate. I'm like, listen, if we sing this song one more time, I'm done. Because he is all we need. He is all we need. We are putting our faith in so many things. There's so many things that are shining and sparkling. Church, the name of Jesus is all I needed. And for a long time, I didn't realize that I needed it. I was in church all my life, a religious girl sitting in the pew operating in sin. And I didn't realize until I got to the end of myself that Jesus was all I needed. I tried to put him in a lot of places. How many of you know? And how many of you have been there that we've tried to put our faith and hope in other places and Jesus is all we need? Listen, this morning, the word of the Lord that the God, is, that God has given me for this house is a word just typically called all in. All in. That I want us to be people who are willing to be all in for Christ. Like we were all in for the world. Like you was all in for your sin back in the day. Like you were all in to go shopping when Macy's is having a sale. Like you all in when you want a new pair of shoes. Like you all in when the Dallas Cowboys win. (laughs) Win a game. Thank you. Jesus, right? Like when you're all in. We want to be all in for Jesus. Because we've got a world that is desperate. We've got friends and family who are dying, young people who are cutting themselves, people who are choosing suicide over the church, people who are rewriting identities, people who are doing everything else but following Jesus. We are the ambassadors, the kings and the queens, the priests of the master, and master, and we have got work to do. But the reality is, you all, we're either going to be all in or we're going to be lukewarm. And I don't know about you, but there is no time for lukewarmness. There's no time for it when the king of all creation lives on the inside of us. When he said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto, you, unto me, therefore go. And we need to go and make disciples. So we're going to have fun this morning, amen? 
Y'all ready to have a little fun? Y'all may not have stopped at Starbucks today. I have not either, but I have energy for 45 people. So if you're an introvert, you're just going to have to put on your seatbelt because I am not. Amen. You're going to be all right. So the scripture for this morning is coming from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now, many of you have read this scripture before. This morning, I'm going to use it coming from the Message Bible. And I'm not just coming from the Message Bible because Eugene Peterson, who wrote it, has passed on and been with Jesus. But I think that the translation that I've chosen this morning really helps us to capture the importance of being all in. And listen, the beauty of the way that we're going to read this message, this scripture this morning, is that it doesn't take us being extra or somebody. It just takes us taking what we have and placing it before the master. Amen? So let's read this morning from Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 in the Message Bible. And so here's what it says. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Someone say, God help me. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. All in. All in. Let me begin by telling you all a story. When I was a little girl, I was afraid of the water. Is there anyone else in here who was afraid of the water as a kid? Okay, so y'all are all expert swimmers? Okay, praise the Lord. So you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But when I was a little kid, I was afraid of the water. Now, there could be a lot of reasons for that. Part of that is I'm a city girl through and through. So even though I live in the land of 10,000 lakes, if you go to one of those land of 10,000 lakes, you will not find no brown people in the land of 10,000 lakes. (laughs) We don't do lakes. We don't do nothing that doesn't have a deep end that's about nine feet deep. So when it came to lakes and lake country, though I live in lake country, I did not swim in the lakes of lake country. So as a city girl, we spent time in the water plugs. You know, we had family or somebody would get a hold of something and unscrew the big water plug. And then we would spray water or we would jump around or we would hose each other off or we would do water balloon fights. But that was about the extent of it. And so I grew up really never experiencing much beyond wading pools because I never was around other deep sources. So as a result, particularly deep water was terrifying to me. The idea of stepping into a body of water that I could not see the bottom of or the end of terrified me. In the summers, the park pools were where everybody else hung out on hot days, and sprinklers were only useful for the little kids. So after about five years old, you were not cute trying to run into a sprinkler with your big old self pushing the little kids by just to cool off. Now, y'all live down here where you get like frying like bacon hot. Listen, 
even though I live up there, I got family in Houston, Austin, Norman G, San Antonio. So my people are down here. My goddaddy lives in Houston. And so I'd come down here and visit him. And the first time I came down here, like I stepped off the plane and I think I like oxidized. I think like I just like turned to dust because it was so hot. So I've learned in Texas that you run from air conditioning to air conditioning. Is that what you do? You just like run from cool air to cool air, and then when the sun goes down, you come outside. But until then, you just mind your own business and act like it's cool outside when it's like 195 degrees. So I've learned that same thing. In Minnesota, it gets actually pretty hot. And so there were times where everybody else was going to the park pools where they'd hang out on hot days. The little kids were in the sprinklers. But for those of us who didn't know how to swim, oftentimes we sat out. Now, there was an oldish term, young people, you're going to catch me on this. There's an oldish term called FOMO, right? FOMO is old now, right, y'all? But FOMO, right, is old. Let's just say it. But FOMO was called fear of missing out. And if FOMO was something back then, I had it. I was afraid of missing out. So while I was afraid of the water, I was also afraid of being left out. I had friends who were having birthday parties at the swimming pools. I had people on the hot days say, come on, let's just take 50 cents. Now I'm really aging myself. Let's take 50 cents and let's go down and let's get in the water. But because of my fear of what I did not know, because of my fear of what I could not see, I wound up missing out too often. I spent many of my days examining my reflection of the water. Maybe I'd dip in my toe or maybe I'd sit on the edge of the pool and I'd kick my feet around but I'd never dare to jump in. On super hot days and swimming parties, friends would say, come on, just try, just jump in. But I was so terrified of what might happen if I jumped in. What if I looked stupid? What if I went in too deep? What if my friends was trying to be funny and all of a sudden they jumped me in or you know how your friends would jump on top of you in the water? And what if I couldn't breathe? I didn't know what to do. I got too scared. What if someone laughs at me? What if the water obstructs my vision? What if, what if, what if? Some of you sitting in this room live your faith like what if, what if, what if? What if I dared to trust God? What if I dared to take him at his word? What if I dared to actually forgive that person who hurt me so I could have my heart be free? What if I actually believe the entire word of God? What if I actually challenge the things that are challenging me? But you know what? Too many of us sit and look at our reflection in the shallows because we are not all in people. If we are all in people who believe the word, live the word, love the word, have a testimony of what God has done in us, there would be nothing that would stop us. There is no reason that there ought to be a pew open in a preaching church where people love God and the Holy Ghost goes forth. There is no reason why we should not be in laying hands on the sick and they recover. There is no reason why the devil ought to be messing with your family and your life. There is no reason why your marriage ought to be jacked up if you are a lover of God. There is no reason if you're all in. And I don't know about you. But I'm tired of half-baked Christianity. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of game playing. I'm tired of racism. I'm tired of the devil peeking up his head and we standing here saying absolutely nothing. Where is the church? What are we doing? What is it going to take for us in order for us to be all in people? I don't know about you, but the moment I got saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, I decided that the shallows were not a place for me to live. 
I decided that I could have shallow thinking, that I could be moving away from the things that God promised me, or I could choose to jump in. Now, I'm not here to scold y'all, but I am here to wake you up. I did not get on an airplane and leave the frigid 45-degree weather of the beautiful, balmy state of Minnesota to leave here without giving you all a word. Why? Because you're my brothers and sisters. Believe it or not, the word of God is true. Revelation 7-9 says at the end of time, every tribe and tongue and nation is going to worship God together. I'm going to be in that great mosh pit. I'm going to be the one throwing my body backwards saying, come on, it's a party for Jesus. We made it. Hallelujah. We getting ready to worship God forever. Let's get this party started. Listen, I am a fool for Jesus. Have you all figured that out yet? I have, I am touched for Jesus. Let me tell you all something. But there's no other place to be. I know what it is to have been bound by sin. When I talk about the shallows of that pool, that's only an analogy for the shallows of the way that I used to think about myself. I was a scared, picked on kid. I was too black for the white kids, too white for the black kids. The black kids said, you talk white, you sound white, you bougie, you got a mom and a dad. I couldn't do anything to fit in there. The white kids were like, well, you're nice, but we're not going to let you come to our houses. I mean, you get that, don't you? I mean, we can be friends in school, but we're, you're not going to sleep over at our houses. I mean, you get that there are social rules. So I ran to the church. I ran to the church. Because I got tired of the carnality of people judging me for everything I did not have. We spend so much time as a culture on our externals. Young people hear me. We spend so much doggone time. Now listen, I'm a YouTuber as well. I like a nice eyebrow like anybody else. Boop, why are you playing? Listen. <laughs> I like that makeup to be high and tight and right just like you all do. I see that makeup right there. I see that glitter. I see that highlight. You see that right there? Yep, I got that. Okay. I like that too. I like that too. But listen, who are you outside of all that? Who are you outside of that? Is your virginity enough to say no to somebody? Huh? Is it enough to say I am worth it because I'm a daughter of the most high God regardless of what you say? <laughs> Young brothers, you need to take your high schools back. Who are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? The football team ain't going to do it. The baseball team is not going to do it. If you Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, sit in that pew, you better make a plan to be all in for Jesus. You better choose today that what you want and what God has promised is for you. I have spent 25 years loving and serving young people. Aren't you all tired of your friends dying? I don't want to go to one more funeral. I don't want to see one more young person thinking that the church is not a place where the Holy Ghost has fire, where the power of God operates, where witchcraft is more powerful, where we can mark up and cut up our bodies, but we can't cut up for Jesus in the name and his name in the church. Listen, it's time for us to do some things that are radical for Jesus. I don't know any other way to be because when I left those shallows, when I was the scared, picked on, overweight, too black for the white kids, too white for the black kids, getting chased home for school, from school kid, I realized that I had a choice. Either I was going to believe what the gospel said to be true and test this Jesus out, hear me, or I was going to keep running scared the rest of my life. There comes a time where you have to stop running and you stand in the face of your Goliaths and you say no more. 
It is time for your Goliath to go down. It is time for you to pick up the stone and mark your territory. And with one swing, you better take down the things that are trying to take you out. Because if we don't, we are saying to the world that we have nothing to offer. We are saying to churchless people that the power of God is not real. We're so worried about what people think of us, but you weren't worried when you were in the club. You weren't worried when you were smoking. You weren't worried when you were doing X, Y, and Z. You weren't worried then. You were buck wild for the things that you loved. When are we going to be that crazy for Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, I am that crazy for Jesus Christ. The shallows almost killed me. The shallows did kill some of my friends. The shallows took my friends out. The shallows had friends in prison. The shallow promises of addiction had me bury too many people. The promises of God were real. When in the fetal position on the floor, I surrendered all to Jesus Christ. I realized that there was a difference between a church girl and a girl on fire. And I decided to be a girl on fire. And let me tell you, when I became a girl on fire, and I not only got myself saved, but then got delivered. Because how many of you know you can be saved, but there's some stuff, some residue that God needs to uproot out of your life. When he delivered me from things, rejection, fear, anger, unbelief, woundedness, unforgiveness, when he delivered and cast out of me those devils like he cast out of Mary Magdalene, I'm telling you, the word of God became true. If anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. The old things are gone. Behold, all things become new. I'm telling you, I became new. I'm telling you, no matter what you've done, where you've done it, and who you've done it with, God is able to deliver you and heal you. I don't care what you've done. The devil is lying to you and making himself God if you are believing the lies that what you've done has just taught you too far out in the weeds. There's nothing that you've done that God can't draw you back from. You remember his friend named Peter where he said, come on, Peter, step out of the boat, be an all-in disciple. Put your toe not only in the water, walk on it, master the waves. Peter was great as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. And the moment he took his eyes off, he started to drown. Listen, this is a season where we must have all eyes on Jesus at all times. Men of God, young men that I'm looking at, we need you. We need kingdom righteous brothers. We need young men who are not given to their flesh. We need Holy Ghost-filled young men who are going to fight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need godly husbands and godly fathers. We need you to have our backs. We need you to be standing with us for what is good and what is right. We need one another. We need to be standing together in love and in honor of one another. And as a woman who has been trained up by godly young men, I'm seeing a force and an army. And we love you, and we've got your back. And for whatever person ever lied to you or hurt you, we repent of it. But brothers, we need you. It is time for you to stand up with pride and strength. We are in a culture that has tried to make a mockery out of manhood. You all see that? We have a culture trying to make a mockery out of manhood. Not so in the church of God. In the church of God, you better stand up, man of God, and say, I am a righteous man of God. And I will stand in righteousness. 
and no devil in hell will take my wife, my children, my daughter, my insanity, my manhood. You will not have anything as it relates to me. I am who says God says I am. I will do what God says I will do. I will say what God says I will say. This is what has got to happen. And when I got tired of the shallows, when I got tired of missing out, when I got tired of the joy, I jumped in. Now let me tell you, when I jumped in, my worst fears were realized. I did not walk on no water like Peter. (laughs) I went down like a rock. I snarfed in chlorine water. I flailed and looked like a fool. But guess what? I did not drown and I did not die. When you jump in to the fullness of God, it may feel hard at first. But God's a keeper. You will not drown and you will not die. The word of God says you shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. So I tried it. I jumped in. I looked like a fool. But I I told my mama, I went home and I told my mom about what I did. And guess what? I didn't just sit in my failure. I talked to my mama about it. I took swim lessons. I dealt with my disappointments. And I learned eventually to swim. Not just to master the pool. But when I came down here to Texas, I learned to swim in that water that has an undertow unlike anything I've ever experienced. I learned to read a wave. I learned how to be in the bigger forces of nature. So I may have had to start out in a wading pool and then go to a bigger pool. But then I learned to master the sea where the master of the sea knows how to take care of his own. You got to jump in at some point. Young men and women of God, I'm looking right at you because I've spent 25 years of my life looking in your faces. You have got to jump in now. You hear me? Do not wait Do not make excuses about this, your mama's faith or your daddy's faith. Don't make excuses about Jesus. There is historical, verifiable evidence for the person of Jesus Christ. Don't sit here and expect Pastor Tommy to do all that work. Open the word. Go on YouTube. Go on Facebook. Read the word of God because I will tell you, you will find evidence for the fact that Jesus Christ is real. Not only is he real, his power is real to the point that atheists are changing their minds. People who were so concerned about making Jesus not known have now made him known more than ever before. Former gang members are coming to know Jesus Christ and becoming pastors. People are coming out of addiction and being changed. Prostitutes are becoming disciples. Let me tell you something. You want to see a world on fire? Watch God do it in the unlikely places and people. Give me a changed life any day. So when I jumped in, and when I learned, I learned that I had to master some things. Listen to me carefully. There's some things that you probably have to master. There's some things that are keeping you in the shallows, like I just can't. I just can't, Pastor Laurel. I just can't. You don't know. I know what's beyond the surface. I know the things underneath. I know the Leviathan that's trying to take me under. I know the spirit of death. You have no understanding. I may not understand your story, but I understand mine. And it is not necessary for me to understand your story to know the story of the one who came to rescue all of us. You have got to come out of the shallows. And when I did and learned how to swim, I realized I could go all in. One of the ways that God has showed me that I could go all in was to recognize more than anything that I had to walk by faith and not by sight. Pastor Tommy told you, I'm the vice president for Christian formation and church relations at Bethel University. Well, so what? 
So what with the exception of this? If I would have looked at that job through these natural eyes, I would have never applied. Bethel University is an institution of 2,500 predominantly white young people in the state of Minnesota. Everyone in this position before me have been white men with PhDs. So if you would have looked at it as well, you might have said, well, what do they want a black girl from Minnesota for? They're Baptist, I'm Holy Ghost filled. They quiet and like this, I'm like, hey, Jesus. I talked myself out almost of my own blessing. I almost talked myself out of a miracle. Because in the natural, I could not understand it. In the natural, the pathway that had been set before me was a closed door. But how many of you know God will remove a door and open a window if we are bold enough to trust him? And God opened that door for me. And what I realized is this. These young people don't care if I'm the first African-American woman in the history of the institution to be in that role in 150 years, though I am. They don't care about that. What they care about is, do I believe what I preach? Will I live what I preach? Will I live and die for what I preach? And will I equip them to be able to go out into the world that they are living with fire in their belly, with a love for their friends, with truth that will help them be set free? So for 11 years, I have pastored young people who look nothing like me. God is able. God is able. And because I said yes to Bethel, God allowed other doors like Together 2018 to be open. And because I said yes to Together 2018, I met a pastor named Tommy Brandon. Do you know Pastor Tommy and I have met once? Do you know that this is the second time that we have actually seen one another face to face? But spirit recognizes spirit. And when you see another believer who's like, oh yeah, they're all out, you stay in relationship because that's the kind of person you want to have your back. You want somebody who's not going to punk out in the hard times. I know I can call him and say, Pastor Tommy, I'm in trouble. The first thing he's going to say is, girl, what did you do? And after I say, here's what I done done, he's going to say, what do you need? This is how we have to be. Are you all hearing me for the body of Christ? This is how we've got to be. This is not about public speaking. This is about Holy Ghost exhortation in the spirit. This is about winding you up to get out there and go out. This is about next time you in the grocery store, you see somebody who's in need and you bold enough to say, no, nah, I'm going to mind my own business, but how can I bless you? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? What do you need? Stop acting like it's your business to be inconspicuous as a Christian. Stop acting like you got to be a down low Christian. What is that? If the disciples from back in the day would be baptized in front of the Roman Empire who could take their head off, what business do we have being punk Christians? What business? What business do we have? When the Holy Ghost convicts you, this is why we need to be in the word more than we are in the world. This is why we need to be in that word and we need to be, we need to be stirred up so that when the Holy Ghost speaks to you and you like, uh-uh, I ain't. God's like, oh, yes, you is. When God says, go lay hands on that person who's sitting, you know, who's sitting there wounded. When you see a young person that you suspect might be in trouble or might be sex trafficked, it means, Lord, I'm going to go in the power of your Holy Ghost. I'm going to say to you, are you all right? When you see somebody who's hurting, even if you're hurting, you trust that God's going to deal with your hurt while you deal with somebody else's hurt. It means that you're going to be unashamed of the fact that Jesus Christ actually saved you if he actually has saved you. So here's what I've come to know, dear brothers and sisters. 
God wants to do something extraordinary in you. And how many of you want that? How many of you want 2019 to be a year where you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want 2018 back, thank you very much. How many of you like, thank you 2018, peace out. I don't want any more of what you had to offer. How many of you want 2019 to be a year of miracles? How many of you want 2019 to be the year that Calvary Church explodes? How many of you want 2019 to be the year that your family comes back to salvation? How many of you want 2019 to be the year that your friends get saved? How many of you want 2019 to be a year where depression and anxiety bow to Jesus? How many of you want 2019 to be the year where racism gets put on point from the church? If we want 2019 to be that year, then we got to go all out. We got to be all in people for the all in all for the one who gave it all, for the one who was misunderstood, despised, and rejected, for the one who gave his life for us while we were still sinning, while we were still doing our own thing, while we were cranking it up at the parties, while you were sleeping with X, Y, and Z, while you were shooting it up, while you were working that corner, while you were doing all those things and hiding secret sins, it was at that point of your worst darkness that Jesus Christ died for you. And if he did it for us, If he's for us, nothing should be against us. What's your story? What's the shallow of your life? What's the thing that is killing you from the inside out? What is the thing that is drying you up and shriveling your faith? What is the doubt that you have that you don't want to ask because it wouldn't be good to be a good Christian and ask hard questions? What is it going on on the inside of you that just says, I just can't? even when God is calling you out of the shallows into the deep. I want to challenge you, my brothers and sisters today, that we have got a world in desperate need. In fact, the world is at our doorstep. The world is here. The world is here in all of its forms. But more than that, we are called to go into that world and to declare the truth of Jesus Christ. We can do this. We must do this. For the sake of someone else, where would you be if somebody didn't pray for you? Where would you be if someone didn't ask you, are you saved? Where would you be if someone didn't invite you to church? Where would you be if you were still stuck in your sin of the past? Some of us would be dead and we know it. Some of us would not be here and we know it. So while we have life and breath and health in our lungs, can we agree to live all in for God? Listen, let me give you a quote from Mark Batterson because that's really where we're going to have to go. Mark Batterson wrote a book called All In. You are one decision away from a totally different life. And I love Mark Batterson and how he articulates things. And I love this quote from him. He said, Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding the fort. It's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan. It's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical. It's normal. It's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. It is. Some of y'all look like I done scared you in the last 35 minutes, and I hope I did. And don't think I won't be back, because I sure will. 
and don't think that you can get rid of me because we're going to be forever together in the throne room of God. So just get used to the crazy sister right here. Whether I'm the Thanksgiving sister that shows up unannounced or the one that you want to be there, I'm not going anywhere. And the bottom line is I don't want you to go anywhere. If I'm truly your sister in Christ, you should be able to call me and say, what's going on? And I should be able to pray for you in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we come out of that room with a plan to be better than we were when we started. So in this year, may we be better than where we left it last week at 11.59 p.m. on the 31st of December. May we have a plan to go all in. May we be people who boldly declare the truth of the gospel in a world that needs it. May we love each other ferociously. May we be dependent on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. May we look in one another's eyes and say, I got you. And whatever the devil's coming against you, he's coming against me. But one can chase a thousand and two can put ten thousand to flight. So we are his worst nightmare. That when we lock eyes, young people, we got a plan to take back your schools. We got a plan for you to step into colleges debt-free. We got a plan to believe the deep things of God. We got a plan for you to go all in, to heal your hurts, to deal with a fatherless generation. God wants us to go all in no matter what has happened to us. And my prayer for us is that we would be Romans 12, 1 people and take the daily things of our lives and let God do extraordinary things coming out of the shallows of where we've been, going into the deep, wading into the dark waters to draw somebody else out of the waters that they might live. Listen, I'm so grateful that Jesus saved me, but more than that, I'm grateful that Jesus Christ has saved you. And if we can stand together and agree that God can do this thing, if we can believe to go all out no matter what Goliath stands in your way, Our nations will change, our cities will change, our states will change, and the world will change. And things may get harder before Christ comes back, but we will have the power in life and in death to be able to stand in the midst of it. For whatever we give on this side, even if it's our own lives, Jesus Christ will raise up on the other side. There is no real death for the believer. There is only life upon life. So may this God who is calling us to be all in give you life upon life, grace upon grace, power upon power, vision upon vision, fulfillment upon fulfillment of what he has for you. And may we see the world that we are in right now transformed by the power of God, the same God who made this world. May it be transformed. And all who would agree with me would say amen. Amen. Amen.